Um, last week, we talked about how prayer is a heart issue, and uh, we talked about how it's not lofty speech. We did a little parody of going to McDonald's and ordering in King James speech, and, and we just kind of poked fun at uh, when we talk to God, we don't have to get flowery. It's not a performance. Prayer is a heart issue. It always is. And prayer is vertical and not horizontal. When you talk to your Heavenly Father, you're not talking to anybody else but Him. And so it is uh, tempting to sometimes be in a prayer circle with other people and talk across the table, so to speak. That's not prayer. You're just talking across the table. Prayer is, is vertical. And it's happening in our public world, in our uh, personal world, but most of all, that intimacy that happens, happens in our private world. Sometimes that private world is at 3 a.m. Are you with me? When you wake up and suddenly the whole world is quiet, but your heart is suddenly awake, and you're really able to talk to God. You're really able to pour out your heart to Him, your frustrations, your, your circumstances. And that prayer, when somebody else is praying, is about active listening, that you don't always have to be the mouthpiece that when somebody else is praying and you agree with that prayer, you say, amen, because that's what it means. So be it. I agree. I want to put my will towards that. And as a child learns to speak, because we all had to learn to speak, right? I had to spend a lot of time in speech therapy because I couldn't say my S's, my R's, my T's, my L's. Uh, I was... And so I spent most of first grade in speech therapy, but that's how they did it back then. But I had to learn to speak. Do you know prayer is like that too? Do not be intimidated in talking to your Heavenly Father. Your parent isn't upset with you when you were learning to talk. They encouraged you and you learned words and you learned to form words and you put sentences together. Prayer is that way too. Sometimes we don't want to pray because we think we're going to mess up. I shared last week a very personal story about me playing baseball and not letting my mom come to any of my games because I was afraid. Because I was, I was afraid that she would be ashamed of me. God's not like that. He just wants to hear what's in your heart. I think we have a quote. Uh, I'm going to go like that for a while. When you join with others in prayer and you're not the speaker, let your heart be kept intent and watchful to the work so that you may pray so much the better when you are the mouth of others to God. Isaac Watts, Isaac Watts um, was a very famous preacher. In fact, he, he, he wrote over 750 hymns. We sing a lot of his songs today. You have your Bibles ready? Turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at two little verses. Last week it was about getting ready to pray. Today is starting to pray. We're only covering two little verses. They're actually printed on your outline if you want to. I hope you'll make some notes though. He begins, pray then like this. Jesus is going to give a model prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is going to give us an outline, a model to follow. It's like a skeleton. It has to be fleshed out. And I want you to... to Mark this in your brain somewhere. You can put it on your outline. Prayers are like snowflakes. 
No two prayers are ever alike. They're very unique because no two hearts are ever alike. We pray through our personalities, our experiences, our interests, our genders, our hurts. We pray through our faith. We pray through our joy. They're the way we express ourselves, the way we choose, the words we choose, the images that we paint when we talk to God. So even though Bob's going to pray a certain way, I'm going to pray a certain way, Mitch is going to pray a certain way, they're all good, they're all valid. Every prayer is going to be different and unique because it's coming through your uniqueness. You're going to pray the only way you can pray. And that's good. That, that is perfect. And you're going to pray at a specific time and a specific place with specific stuff in your stomach. And your body's going to be in a specific condition. But sleep is going to have a... Con- there are so many factors. That's why when you pray and then you pray again, it's not the same prayer. Because you're not the same person. You've changed even a little bit. Just like snowflakes have a formula. What's the formula for snowflakes? Water and what? Cold. (laughs) Specifically 32 degrees. That's the formula for snowflakes. And just like there are formulas for snowflakes, there is a formula for prayer. And Jesus is going to give it to us. Now, many people have outlined the Lord's Prayer, and they've come away with the word or the acronym ACTS. You first adore Him, then you confess to Him, then you thank Him, and then you supplicate. And you look at the acronym, and it's the word ACTS. And you can remember that. That's an easy word to remember. That, okay, when I talk to the God, I need to adore Him, I need to confess to Him, I need to thank Him, and then I need to supplicate. Supplicate's just a fancy word that says ask for stuff. You know, that's what it means. Ask for stuff. But we're not going to get hung up on outlines today. I don't want you to compromise all of this stuff because it won't help us learn how to pray. And we're going to take it in several parts. And like I said, we're just going to cover the first two verses today. So the first phrase is, Our Father in Heaven. And it conjures up this relationship of a father. Now, some of us did not fathers. And so you're going uh, to have to look past that image of, of, of a, the bad father you had. Don't take the bad things your father did and transfer them onto God. But think of God is your father. And he is the good father. We just sang about it. He's the good father. That's all he is and that's all we are. He's that good, good father. And so when the word Father comes to your mind, what images or word phrases would come to your mind emotionally or intellectually? Uh, Mitch, when, when you think of the word Father, what word comes to mind? Love? Ryan, when you hear the word Father, what word comes to mind? Kind? Okay. Chris? caring. So, so all of us, again, we're going to come to approach the Father and these, this image of this kind of Father comes to our mind. He's loving. He's caring. He's kind. He's our protector. He's our provider. He's the one that has, always has your back. 
Do you realize God always has your back? He is always in your corner. He is always rooting for you. He is always there. Fathers bring reassurance, not fear. Fathers bring hope, comfort, and security. How many of you jumped in a pool for the very first time into somebody's arms? You're a little kid. Remember back in your memory bank, the very first time you just ran off the edge and you jumped, was there someone there that was going to catch you? And I hope, hopefully there was, right? And you overcame your fear of the water because chances are it was an adult, it was mommy, it was daddy. Daddy was there to catch you. That's the kind of father that our father... My Father, your Father, He blesses us. He gives us good gifts. He gives us good things. But also, Father has to do with ranking, right? You're His child. Father is above you, right? That means He has authority over you. And that's a good thing, right? It's a, it's a comforting thing to know that He has the weight of the world on His shoulders and it doesn't have to be on yours, how many of you get stressed right here in the back of your neck? Oh, man, all my stress. I'm surprised my head's still on my body because it just wants to pop off because there's so much. I, I, this is where I carry all my stress. But when I remember that he is my father, I don't have to carry that stress. I can take it and hand it to him. And he's not burdened by it. He wants to take it. And so he is my father. Let me read you a, a hymn. Um, and I want to make this offer to you. The songs that we sing are a great way to start talking to your father. If you ever want a copy of the songs that we sing, we'll be happy to make them for you. I, I uh, one time in my desk, I used to have all the songs because I would start my prayer by reading a song because I wanted to pick a song that was vertical and it was talking about God because most of our songs talk about how he's a good, good father, how he's always there for us. And it prepares your heart, our father who art in heaven. And this song is great is thy faithfulness, but listen to the words. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. You don't change your feelings towards me. They never fail. For thou hast been and you will always be like that. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning's new mercies I see. And then the rest of the hymn goes on and it talks about what a great father that we have. If you need a little help like that to get you thinking, that's perfect. That's perfect. So, what about this word that we go back to our text? Our Father in heaven. We get the word paternal from it. It's the word patter. But there's another work in the New Testament that means, well, that's patter. It's, it's from a root word that means a nourisher, a protector, an upholder. But there's another word that is used only three times, and it's an Arabic word. 
It's not a Greek word. That's a Greek word. This is an Arabic word, and it means daddy. Did you ever call your dad daddy? It's a more tender name. It's a more tender term. You know, of the three times that it is recorded in Scripture, one time Jesus was in a garden, and he was on his knees, and he was sweating drops of blood because the cross was... He said... Abba, Daddy, please let me avoid the cross. That's what he was asking. He said, don't make me drink from this cup. He was asking, Daddy. He was pulling on the heartstrings of God because of that special relationship. But you know what Jesus said? Not my will be done, but what? Thy will be done. And so he went forward with it. But there are some other times in scriptures that talk about our, our close, intimate relationship with the Father. To all who believed in Him, He gave them the right to become children of God. Or how great is the love of the Father that He has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, because that's who we are. How great is it to be called children of God. You know, it's one thing. I'd say uh, I go over, Tammy and I go over to Mitch and Victoria's house, or I go over. It's one thing to be welcomed. You know, if I come into your house, I'd be welcomed. I go to Sherry and Wayland's house, I'd be welcome. If I went over to Pat's house, I'd be welcome. Wherever house that I've been invited to, I'd be welcome. But it's a difference of being welcomed home into your father's house. A little different, isn't it? You guys would welcome me. And after a few hours, you'd ask me to leave, right? After I ate your food, you would say, okay, it's time to go home. But the Father is a special relationship. It's where you belong. The Father's home is your home. That's where your home is. Our Father in heaven So when we acknowledge His sovereignty as our daddy, we begin to praise Him, we begin to give Him glory. There's a reflection of how special that relationship is. We then say, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is an old English word, and I don't know why we still use it, but we do. It's a little confusing. It sounds like hollow, but it doesn't have anything to be with hollow, it's, it means to give glory. It means to honor. It means to praise. It means to obey the fullness of that person. Uh, there's a college professor who's also a preacher. He has a quote. I don't know if I have a, that quote or not. Do I have a quote, Heather, after that? Hallowed be your name. Maybe not. Okay. No, I'll just read it to you. There, a guy's name is Mark Moore. It says, it is not possible to pray to our potential until we recognize who God is and who we are before Him. That special relationship that His name is to be glorified. Now, you know the third commandment. Third commandment is don't take the Lord's name in vain, and we always associate it with cuss words. But it also means to Say that God is wicked, God is evil, God isn't a good God, God is, that's maligning His name. So the opposite of maligning God's name is hallowing it. 
understanding who he is, that it reflects his character, his name does. Psalm 9.10 says this, those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. See, if you know his name, you know who he is. You know his character. You know his righteousness. You know his goodness. You know his purity. You know his will. You know his heart. You know his authority. You know his power. Hallowed be your name can be translated this way. Let me bring you praise and glory right now. Let me tell you how awesome you are. Isn't that what we do in some of our songs? We tell God how awesome he is. And we kind of get excited about it because he's our daddy. Now that may be new terminology for you to think that God is your daddy. And you're like, I don't feel comfortable thinking that God is my daddy. Can I just ask you to do one thing? Get over it. Okay? He loves you more than you could ever, ever hope to understand or comprehend. And he longs to be called daddy. Longs to be called daddy. He probably doesn't appreciate it if it's a, sir, how are you today? Instead of daddy, how are you today? Hallowed be your name. And then the psalm, I mean, Jesus teaches, your kingdom come. When we pray, we acknowledge that special relationship with God as our Father. We've brought Him praise. We've brought Him glory. We've been bragging on Him. And now we're going to focus on His kingdom. And the word for kingdom doesn't mean a geopolitical place. It talks about His sovereignty in this universe, in this world, but mostly in your life. When you say, your kingdom come, you're saying, I want you to be my king. And may it grow in power and majesty and dominion. That when we ask for his kingdom to come, we're asking him to be sovereign in our life. Rule me, direct me, command me. I readily submit my life to you. Let me order my agenda after your agenda. The word come isn't, hey, come on over here. <laughs> it's a deeper meaning, may it be manifested. It comes with the idea of instantaneously come. I want you to return now. I want you present in my life now. I want you to reign now. I want your kingdom to expand now. And so there's this, this germ, uh, this little seed of evangelism. I want my neighbor to know you now. I want my family to know you now. I want the world to know you now. Let righteousness reign. Save my neighbor. Purify hearts now. And that sovereignty includes me personally. How can I be involved in making your kingdom grow, Lord? You desire it. I desire it. What am I supposed to do to make it happen? If you've asked for it, it means you're willing to put your will behind it. Hudson Taylor was a famous man who really opened up China. And by the way, did you know that in China they have about 320 million Christians? 
most of that, 80% of that, are, they meet in secret churches. But there are more Christians in China than there are in the, in the United States. God blows your mind. Because this guy, Hudson Taylor, decided to leave England in the 1700s and went and preached Jesus to a population that had no idea about Jesus. And some of what is going on in China today can trace back to Hudson Taylor. But let me tell you what he said. He said, I used to ask God to help me. Then I kind of asked him if I might help him. And then I ended up by asking him to do his work through me. That's what it means to say, thy kingdom come. You are saying, God, put me to work. God, let me do something fantastic for you today. Let me be a change agent in a world that is dark. Let me be a pinpoint of light today. Let your kingdom come and let it come through me. Richard Burr has this great quote too. This is what prayer is all about. Not what I can get from God, but to have my heart so radically changed by Him that I want to only, that I only want what God wants. Did you, let me say that again. This is what prayer is all about. Not what I can get from God, but to have my heart so radically changed by Him that I come to want only what God wants for me. I've made fun of flare prayers before, right? You go months without praying and all of a sudden you're in a jam, your circumstances are bad and finally you're ready to give control over to God and you pull out your flare, gear, flare gun and you shoot a flare prayer up to God and you say, please help me. And then God comes in, He intervenes, He gives you peace, He calms the storm, whatever He does, He does it and then you go right back to being in control of your own life again. That's not saying thy kingdom come. Are you, are you tracking with me? That this kingdom come business is about you coming under Him. And that's that part of that formula of prayer. I don't know if I have time for a tangent. Do I have time for a tangent? Oh, thank you. Let me, let me take a quick tangent, okay? We, we don't have to turn there, but it's going to be in, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Many people quote it and they misquote it in regards to prayer. In this chapter, Jesus says, ask anything in my name and it will be done for you. And you just say, anything? Well, I want to win lotto. Anything? I want a new house. Anything? I want... Oh, no, 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 no. What's the context of that? Jesus is talking about when a husband and wife are fighting and they come together and they make an agreement or a brother in the church is fighting with another brother in the church and they have a dispute and they come together and they agree on something, it says that God's going to be good with it. That if you agree with your brother, it's, it's all about conflict resolution, but people have taken it, and there's, it's known as the prosperity gospel. Name it and claim it. All you have to do is believe it, and it's going to happen. And ask for God anything you want. That's not scriptural. Scriptural, that, that's not the context. The right way it would be, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about a dispute... Your judicial decision will be honored by my Father in heaven. That's what that. Okay, enough of the tangent. Prayer is helping us realize God's kingdom and putting our wills towards that.
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we are praying, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're verbally telling that God that our will will become Your will, that we're setting our hearts towards it. Uh, Lawrence, when you ran a store, did you ever have layaway? Oh, you guys know what layaway is? Layaway is you, you want to buy the congas, you don't have enough money to buy the congas, so you go into the store and you make a few dollar payment, and you don't get the congas, and then a week later you come back and you pay the store a little bit more, and you still don't get the congas. It's not like our credit cards today where instant gratification happens, and you know, we're, and then finally we pay everything off, and guess what we get to do with the congas? We get to take them home, right? How many of you have ever used layaway? Okay, then you know what I'm talking about. When we want what God wants, check this out, we work towards it, like the layaway program. When we want what God wants, we work towards it. Little here, little there, and pretty soon His will is being accomplished in in our world. I can't ask for God's will to be done on earth and then totally ignore it. God, let your righteousness reign on the roadways and then drive like a maniac, right? You can't pray, let there be harmonious relationships with my coworkers and then have a critical spirit when you walk into the office and you berate somebody. You can't ask God one thing out of this side of your mouth and then your hands do something else. But it's like the layaway program. God, I want this to happen. And I know it's your will. It's towards righteousness. And suddenly you find yourself changing and moving in that direction. Now, let's put this all together for a moment. We're going to pretend it's Monday morning. And I'm going to pray. I got up, 6 o'clock. And I'm going to use this formula, if I have to use that word, don't like it, but I will. Our Father in heaven. And I'm going to start, I'm just going to pray my prayer. And you listen in. You're eavesdropping to see if, if, if I'm progressing. God... Good morning. I know that every good gift comes from you above. And I know that because I'm your child. You have blessed me. You're my provider. You're my protector. And Lord, when I'm in your arms, or I picture me sitting in your lap, I have a good day. I have nothing to fear. In fact, you understand all of my fears, my hurts, my trials. Just like a father never condemns his son, never turns your back on a, on a boy, you have never turned your back on me. You've always been there for me. Great is thy faithfulness. Dad, you know what's going to happen today at noon? You're gonna, you know what's going to happen at 3 o'clock when I have that meeting? You know what's going to happen in the conversations that are going to be held around the dinner table tonight? You know this trouble that I'm having with my three daughters, Lord. Oh, trying to raise three daughters, and you, I've never had daughters. I'm not a girl. I don't understand these hormones. How am I going to help? 
But you know, I'm about to go see my brother. I'm about to go on vacation, and you know how messed up our relationship is. And I'm already stressing over it. Will you calm this child, this one, Lord, and the storm that I feel that is brewing? Protect me from the drama. Protect me even from my own thoughts. Okay, let's just stop there. Do you see how the, the prayer was directed about my relationship with God? And then I'm going to go straight into hallowed be thy name. Lord, your love is higher than the mountains. Your grace covers me like the sea. When I woke up this morning, I saw an incredible sunrise. Did you guys see the sunrise this morning? Oh, it was just beautiful because all the clouds and the sky and, and suddenly the thoughts of you, God, just permeated me, just uh, overwhelmed me. But Lord, when I woke up this morning and I saw the dawn was breaking, I heard Tammy breathing next to me and I praised you for it. Your righteousness goes before me. Your goodness follows me all the days of my life. You hold the very breath I breathe in the palm of your hand. You're the giver of the life, and you are the sustainer of life. Did you see how I transitioned to start to talk about my, my heavenly father, my daddy, and who he means to me and what he means to me? And suddenly I started praising him for all of his attributes, that he is this magnificent, incredible provider. And then let's move on to your kingdom come. Jesus, you're above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. The same mighty power that raised you from the dead is working in me to change me. I was so angry at my brother last week when we had that dispute over my mom and her estate and how to take care of her, and I was so upset, and I want to give you my anger right now. Not for the last time, because I know it will come up again, but Lord, please soften those painful memories I have of my relationship with my brother. Rule my heart in every chamber that my will will, his will will be done. So Father, when I see him this week, let me love him. Let me forgive him. Let me love with your love. I will control my tongue for your sake. I will control my thoughts for your glory. For I know you want me to do. It has to do with his kingdom. Okay, we're just going to stop right there. I'm going to leave you hanging for more. We've covered just a little ground in the Lord's Prayer. And again, you can use it to see that we are just to incorporate these things when we talk to our Heavenly Father. And that prayer comes from the heart. It isn't scary. If you can talk to your neighbor, if you could talk to your spouse, if you could talk to your children, you can talk to your Heavenly Father who is longing to hear from you. Longing to hear from you.